Hello, and welcome to Cinedrunk, the podcast where we are drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined as always by Nathan. Hi there. And Elizabeth. Hello. Welcome. Um, so today, inspired by the World Cup, and also it is the 4th of July, and we're feeling Woo! inspired. <laughs> America. We're feeling inspired by summer movie blockbusters. So we're doing sort of a bracketed competition between classic summer movie um, blockbuster films. Yeah. And to go with it, movie we have... Films. <laughs> How does that differ films. I'm pretty sure these are just movies, not necessarily films. Um, but to accompany that, we have um, our drinks, which are also inspired by the World Cup. Correct, Nathan? Correct. So we are enjoying... A lovely little caipirinha, um, which is the national drink, I mean, I assume it's the national drink of Brazil. We should probably Um, speak for all Brazilians. Right, of course. (laughs) Obviously. I took one Brazilian Portuguese class, so I speak for all Brazilians. Um, (laughs) But it's essentially a mojito up a notch. Um, Instead of rum, it has cachaça, which will F you up. Cachaça. Mm-hmm. Um, cachaça with simple syrup, muddled mint, and lime juice. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a great summer drink because it's refreshing, goes down easy, even though it's highly alcoholic, and, um, you know, as we said, it's Brazilian in honor of the World Cup and our bracket spectacular that we're about to embark on. Yeah. And what are we munching on? Yeah, so... All day we've been munching on lots of things, but the the real star of the show is a cheese called Willoughby, which is um, made by Jasper Hill Farm and aged in the cellars of Jasper Hill in Vermont. It is a small little round of a cheese. It's a washed rind, which means the cheese has actually been physically washed with um, saltwater brine as it's aging. And that gives it a kind of nice, smelly, pungent quality. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a very soft cheese. It kind of has the texture of a brie. It was actually a spin. Originally, it was a spin on one of their other classic cheeses, which is a brie style, called Moses Sleeper. Um, but now it's come into its own as a, a cheese all its own. Again, it's called Willoughby, and you should seek it out because it's... Uh, it's stinky and delicious but it's not over the top again it's like perfect for summer eating because it's um light enough to to go down easy yeah amen and as we briefly mentioned it's uh july 4th when we're recording this so if you hear some like background gunshot noises they're (laughs) probably fireworks probably or us feuding right or (laughs) us murdering the other um so briefly just how we came up with our our bracket um we we narrowed down um so Jaws was the first sort of summer blockbuster, as we think of summer blockbusters in 1975. And from there, we sort of tried to do one movie per year um, since then, which Ish. is obviously more than 32. Yeah. Uh, we, there were some years that didn't necessarily have a good one, so we eliminated it. There were some years like 1996 that had both Independence Day and Twister, and we definitely kept both of those. When we were ranking and when we, well, when we were um, sort of um, seeding, narrowing it down, uh, we definitely thought of summer blockbuster in the term like representing you know those 
big budgeted, really action, entertaining flashy. action, flashy films that we think of that we traditionally think of as a summer blockbuster. We didn't necessarily, as we go through and and fill out the bracket, which we will do, be doing live. We will just like the the World Cup, which is happening <laughs> right now. Um, we will battle between uh, whatever we we think is best based on that criteria. Not necessarily what we think is the better movie, but what we think of is the as the better summer blockbuster. So definitely which is more iconic when we think of summer blockbuster. And also I think for us, like the one that's more rewatchable. Definitely. That's definitely And and for us I suspect uh, we already had thirty two and we narrowed it down to sixteen, which we'll talk about. But I think uh, nostalgia also Definitely. played heavily into our, our personal choices. So again, this isn't necessarily the better film. It's no. just what to us is a better summer movie. Summer blockbuster. Movie. Yes. Summer we, blockbuster. Cinema movie blockbuster <laughs> film. We are children of <laughs> talkie. the... A talkie. A talkie. Yes. Yeah. We are children of the 80s. Which we are. Which means we're insufferable in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, but keep that in mind. In terms of the seating uh, for the top 32... We uh, seeded them based on their total gross, adjusted for inflation. So um, our number one seed is Star Wars, you know, which has, when adjusted for inflation, a total gross just domestically in the U.S. of like, you know, one and a half billion dollars or something ridiculous like that. Our number 32 seed was Die Hard, which in 1988 made like $83 million, which who knows what that is in today's dollars, but... Surprising. Um, you know, they're all definitely huge blockbusters that I think are top 29 or top 28 are all within the top 100 when adjusted for inflation, grossing movies in the United States of all time. You know, obviously, if summer kids are off school, movies make a lot of money, and that's when they, the studios release these big tentpole films. So without further ado, let us uh, begin with our first battle. Uh, so we have our, our number one seed, Star Wars, released in 1977, beat our number 32 seed, which was Die Hard, uh, versus Back to the Future, released in 1985, which beat uh, Spider-Man 2 in 2004, mm-hmm. which is, I will stick up for, it's a great film, but uh, Back to the Future is yeah. definitely the better summer blockbuster. So Star Wars versus Back to the Future, majority rules. Elizabeth, what's Ooh. your vote? Oh, gosh. Oh, this is hard. It's really hard because I haven't seen either of them in so long. But I think actually I would be more likely... Mm, I'm going to go back to the future. Nathan? Oh, this is really hard. (laughs) Um, In this case, nostalgia rules the day. And back to the future wins for me. So... Um, yeah. My vote doesn't matter, but I would actually also go with Back to the Future, and I think it's probably just of our time. I mean, if I had been alive when Star Wars came out, right. it's impossible to state like how much that meant to film going and culture in general. I mean, it's still big, but I feel like Star Wars has transcended summer blockbuster, and it's just this whole other entity. It's a classic film. Yeah. I think for you me, know. it's also, we talked about when it beat Die Hard and the original one, that to me, Die Hard feels like a Christmas movie, because it takes mm. place at Christmas, and I actually, strangely, feel the same way about the original Star Wars movies, because the first time I saw them was when, like, a TV station was played, like, played all three on Christmas Day or something. Mm. So to me, that movie always feels like Christmas. Rather than summer. Mm-hmm. So we've got Back to the Future advancing to our Elite Eight. 
Next up, we have uh, Marvel's The Avengers, mm. of course, released a couple years ago, 2012, which is already the third, I mean, not when adjusted for inflation, but the third highest grossing movie of all time, which beats, uh, handily beats Transformers, or 24 seed, because gross. It's gross. Uh, versus, and this was so disheartening, Armageddon beat <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nathan and Elizabeth <laughs> voted for Armageddon over Raiders of the Freaking Lost Ark. Again, uh, nostalgia. I remember seeing Armageddon in the theater. As did I, but... And Raiders... It's a, how can you argue with a, with a destruction movie? Yeah. <laughs> and, and with Liv Tyler and... <laughs> yeah, Nina. that beats Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course it does. Bruce yeah. Willis. Totally. Aerosmith soundtrack. Yeah. It's got a lot going for it. However, Armageddon versus Avengers. Ooh, yeah. What do we say? Matt, you can go first on this one. Uh, I mean, I would easily say Raiders of the Lost Ark had it made it to this <laughs> round. Um, this is actually quite difficult. I really did like the Avengers. I feel like part of it is that it's too recent that it doesn't, it doesn't have like that nostalgic classic. factor. I have, time hasn't, you know, it hasn't stood the test of time. And Armageddon, while not a great movie, I would rewatch that in a heartbeat. I... No, I'm actually, I'm going to stick with The Avengers. It's just, it's a better movie. It was such a cultural moment, you know, huge, grossing, and it's Joss Whedon. Yeah. This from the man who at the beginning of this said it's not about what movie's better. I know, it's not, um, but... Anyway. <laughs> I, I like the better I, 100% Armageddon. <laughs> I'm all in. Oh no, so now it's down to it's me? It's down to you. Oh gosh. Avengers <laughs> versus Armageddon. I mean, again, I have such affection for Armageddon. But then Avengers was a lot of fun, and it has a lot of really attractive people in it. Totally. Like, cast-wise, that's way more attractive than the Steve Buscemi of, uh, <laughs> of Armageddon. But you know what? I only saw The Avengers once in the movie theater, and I kind of watched it again on Netflix. And Armageddon, I think I saw, like, twice in the movie theater. <laughs> and I watched it multiple times, and it just is such mindless... St I mean, I can't believe it. I hate Michael Bay. I should vote for Avengers just for... The Michael Bay factor of it all, but I have to go no. with I have to go with Armageddon. Yes. It's gonna be the worst thing <laughs> ever. Armageddon has advanced as a twenty-fifth seed. Not the seeding matters too much when it's based on box office, but it has advanced to our elite eight. Michael Bay will be so proud. Whew. Moving on. Uh, our number four seed, the Empire Strikes Back, of course, Star Wars sequel, uh, from nineteen eighty. Uh, beat Inception from 2010, Empire Strikes Back versus Independence Day, which narrowly beat, this was a difficult battle, while we all did side with Independence Day, it narrowly beat uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl from 2003. Good matchup. That, I was sad to see Pirates leave. Me too, it's a perfect summer movie, but... As is Independence Day. Independence I mean, has to goodness. As, as I believe I said when we discussed it, Jeff Goldblum always wins over Johnny Depp. It's <laughs> true. Oh, any day. Any day. All right, Nathan. Empire Strikes Back versus Independence Day. Well, I'm becoming predictable already. 
Um, I I have to say Independence Day. Um, and it may just be my age and the nostalgia factor, but it's to me it is the epitome of a summer blockbuster. Whereas again, Vampire Strikes Back, just like Star Wars, kind of transcends that. I will agree, and I'm going to also go Independence Day. I mean, when you think of summer blockbusters, I, I mean, especially people in our age group, you think of July 4th, which is today. You think of Will Smith. You think of Independence Day. You think of the White House being blown to smithereens. You think of aliens and action comedy. You think and ID4. And Independent, or Empire Strikes Back. I would definitely say is the better film, and it's definitely my favorite, or probably the most universally, critically beloved Star Wars film. So good. And again, such a cultural touchstone, but I feel like it transcends summer blockbuster. Right. Whereas, like, the definition of summer blockbuster in my mind is almost Independence Day. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I will probably, I probably shouldn't share this on a public oh, forum, but please do. I might be the, you know, heathen of, of <clears throat> film loving, but Empire Strikes Back is my least favorite of the three original Star oh, no. Wars movies. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, I have not seen them since I was quite young. So if I rewatched them now, maybe I would respond differently to the second one. But, you know, 10-year-old Elizabeth loved Ewoks. So the third, oh. I was all about the third movie, which I know everyone, like, is the worst, whatever. <laughs> um, so I don't even have that much affection for for Empire Strikes Back. And, I mean, I definitely know Independence Day I saw three times in the movie theater. Um, it started totally. a multiple-decade-now-long crush on Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like, I felt feelings I had never felt before. Oh, okay. uh, And everything is perfect, though. Like, I, we will not go quietly into the night speech yeah. and... The, the scene thing. in the tunnel with the dog, him, Will Smith punching the alien in the face, like, the that movie's, box. yeah, everything about Mary that movie Donald. is yeah. perfect, Mae Whitman, little Mae Whitman, I mean, oh, yeah. just 100% Independence Day. It's so rewatchable. So rewatchable. I'm going to watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Independence Day moves on to our Elite Eight. Next up, we have uh, Spider-Man from 2002, uh, which narrowly beat uh, The Lost World Jurassic Park from 1987 versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which beat uh, Return of the Jedi, speaking of more Star Wars. Hmm. Thus, we have Spider-Man versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Elizabeth. <laughs> well, I despised Spider-Man. Um, Get out. Largely because, <laughs> as anyone who will continue to listen to our podcast will learn, I think Tobey Maguire is the worst <laughs> Literally oh, no. the least watchable person ever on screen. I can't stand Tobey Maguire. So it has to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is also a touchstone of my childhood and I have a lot of attachment to growing up. I will definitely go with Spider-Man. I mean, that was... I've always been sort of a, a film geek and definitely have watched box office you know, receipts as they've come in every every weekend since, really since Spider-Man. I mean, that kind of kicked it off. It held the opening weekend record for a while. It grossed more than $400 million. It was this huge story. It also opened right when my hometown movie theater had just been renovated and reopened, and that was one of the first movies I saw there. It was this huge moment, especially for comic book films. And mm -hmm. I, obviously there had been 
several before it. You had X-Men and a couple years before then, but it really helped kick off this trend that will not go away of... For better or worse, yeah. Right, of superhero movies. But it, it was really well done, and I thought Tobey Maguire was perfectly cast. I wasn't a huge fan of Kirsten Dunn's always, but she's well cast. Sam Raimi Ugh. was absolutely the right person to do it. It was totally got captured... Not that I've read the comic book, but it captured comic books. So, you know, it was humorous and action-packed, and it was a spectacle. And it, <laughs> yeah. it was a thing. And it absolutely set up a really, well, what should have been a really great franchise, which continued with the second one and then sort of crapped all over the third one. But I mean, I think stylistically Sam Raimi did a really good job, but he cast two wilted leaves of lettuce <laughs> as the lead, so no thank you. I love Tobey Maguire. Right, I also do love Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but it's a no-brainer for me that it's Spider-Man. Well, I've always had my issues with the Spider-Man movies. I've never liked them, and I think it's because they're sort of glossy and soulless, almost, um, which maybe is a condition of being a comic book movie, but there's something that seems inhuman about them. Superhuman? Perfect. No. Less than. <laughs> Less than. Subhuman. Um, and in this case, you know, neither one is very nostalgic for me, although I did watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit on video cassette growing up several times. Uh, but I, I have to go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, God. I quit. <laughs> I'm losing at every turn. I don't know. I also just, I don't necessarily think of Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a, a summer film. No, I don't either. And I guess on those, I should say Spider-Man. I just really loathed those movies so much that I, I can't vote for them in good conscience. No worries. Who Framed Roger Rabbit moves on to our top which really, Bob Hoskins Rest deserves to be in our top eight. He should. He when I think of summer blockbuster actors, <laughs> I think of Bob Hoskins. May I he really rest do. in peace. <laughs> Moving on, we have uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, mm. um, which is a number two seed from 1982, uh, which beat out True Lies. Which I actually I voted for True Lies over E.T. I'm not a huge E.T. fan. Uh, versus Twister, which beat out narrowly Batman the original Tim Burton from 1989. E.T. versus Twister. Well, as I just gave away, I'm not a huge E.T. fan. Um, I actually would have voted for Batman and had it beat E.T., but I can't not go for Twister. I definitely saw that more than once in theaters. Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Natural Disasters. Come on, it's Twister. E.T. is classic, but I have to, I have to go with Twister. Yeah, I'm all for, when it comes to summer blockbusters, I'm all for the disaster, yeah. epic sort of destruction movie. And I used to want to be a meteorologist when I was mm. younger. So, Twister it is. So, Elizabeth, it doesn't matter, but what you, what you got to say? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, as opposed to you, I love E.T., um, Henry Thomas, Amazing. Drew Barrymore, I mean, we talked earlier about great criers, little Drew Barrymore, so good. That movie still makes me sob when I watch it. But I definitely don't think like summer summer movie, and I have to be in the right mood to watch that movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great, brilliant, beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. um, 
But, I mean, if it's a summer blockbuster, if I voted for Armageddon, I definitely have to vote for Twister. <laughs> right. It's you so rewatchable. I also saw that multiple times in the theaters. I don't even like Helen Hunt, but that movie is freaking <laughs> great. Ah, Twister it is. Moving on. <laughs> uh, next we had uh, The Dark Knight, 2008 beat uh, Top Gun uh, from 1986 versus uh, Batman Forever from 1995, which beat out in the first round uh, the Star Wars prequel, Episode One: The Phantom Menace from Ooh. 1999, which, despite its massive success, is Wretched. pretty much crap. And clearly, we're we're not the biggest Star Wars fans. <laughs> we're, we're no fanatics. Not that they're bad, but that that is what allowed Batman Forever to make it to our Sweet Sixteen. Uh, so we do have two very different Batman films versus each other. We've got you know Christopher Nolan's sort of masterpiece as the the fanboys salivate over themselves, Dark Knight from two thousand eight, which of course had Heath Ledger as the Joker, sort of an iconic performance, hugely. Successful cultural Oscar winning Oscar winning performance. The movie was just huge. Versus uh, Batman Forever, also a, you know a huge movie, but totally different. Yeah, we got Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> your villains and Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. What what say you? Oh gosh. Mm. Well, I I feel like for this this is a this is a battle between. What, Batman Forever was 1995? Mm -hmm. So this is a battle between 10-year-old Elizabeth and, like, <laughs> you know, 22-year-old Elizabeth, which is really, which is really hard, because on the one hand, The Dark Knight, I think I like more than some people. I do think it's overrated. Mm -hmm. I think it has the same problem that all of the Christopher Nolan movies, Batman movies have, especially as it goes on, which is that it's too long. Mm -hmm. There was too much. Too serious. Um, I think Heath Ledger, I think that performance is not overhyped. Like, I think what he is doing is brilliant, but Batman himself ends up being sort of one-dimensional, mm. which is not really, I mean, it's, I think it's a problem when your villain is infinitely more interesting and complex than your hero, your quote-unquote hero. Mm. But it is such a dark movie that I don't know that it qualifies as, like, summer fun. It's infinitely a better movie. Batman Forever is garbage. <laughs> but it's such fun garbage. And stylistically, it's so much fun. The, like, circus scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chris O'Donnell. And, I mean, that started Robin. my Chris O'Donnell crush. And that was before Val Kilmer. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, he could still conceivably be a male lead. and. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love, Nicole Kimmon looks beautiful in that movie with she the, like, Veronica is. Lake but red hair. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few Jim Carrey, like, comedic over-the-top performances that works for me because the movie is over-the-top. I was still had, like, a holdover crush on Tommy Lee Jones from The Fugitive. Oh, no. I have some strange crushes, Yeah, yeah Jeff Goldblum and Tommy Lee Jones. I know. It's, it's hard, but I think, like, right now, on the 4th of July, having had some drinks, if I had to choose one of the two movies to watch, I would choose Batman Forever. And for that reason, I have to go with Batman Forever. Wow. Yikes. This is a close one. I know. <laughs> well, I definitely go with The Dark Knight, you know. Rightly I mean, so. You know, as well you should, now, really. That's going to be definitely thought of as, as a classic. And, you know, it definitely in part sort of influenced the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences 
expanding their best picture field to 10, you know, that and Wally not getting into best picture was a, was a huge thing. And, right. you know, it's partially cause it was, it was that huge and that yeah. critically and commercially successful and beloved. And I, I do see a bit of what you're saying about, about the film, but I, it's just mythic and comic book like, right. and you know, Heath Ledger is just so unpredictable and right. dangerous and it's just such a, breathtaking performance that injects so much life into this world that Nolan's really, really done well to create. And it, it really, his whole vision for that series comes together with, with that film. And I do think of it as a summer blockbuster, you know? I mean, for me, that's almost like when we were looking at movie, you know, movies that grossed a lot of money in the summer, mm -hmm. like you had Saving Private Ryan. And right. Saving Private Ryan is, I think, I mean, it might be in like my top 10 films ever. I think that that movie is... Oh. I mean, maybe not because of the ending and if I rewatched it, but it's so great. But it's definitely not something I would think of as like summer, summer blockbuster yeah. fun, even though and it had transcendent performances and et cetera. And I guess talking about, again, with even like the Star Wars about transcending summer movies, Dark Knight isn't one that I think of like popcorn summer movie as much. But Nathan, you're the tiebreaker. I go with Dark Knight. What you think? Oof. This is tough. Um, Battle of the Bat ends. Battle of the Bats. Um, <laughs> Neither of them are burdens. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, I do know what I'm going to pick. And I do know that what I'm going to pick is The Dark Knight. <laughs> and, um, I surprised myself because I was... I'm a, a bit biased against The Dark Knight because I believe it was so overpraised. Not because it's not great, but because it was so praised. It could scarcely not be overpraised. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately it has a grandness to it mm. that to me makes it a better summer blockbuster than the little uh, bit more lighthearted and comical Batman Forever. Mm -hmm. So that's what what puts it over the edge. There it is. Dark Knight, moving on to our Elite Eight. Mm -hmm. Our next matchup, we had Jaws, you know, the summer blockbuster to kick them all off. Uh, handily beat War of the Worlds, uh, 2005, Spielberg's uh, reboot of that with Tom Cruise, versus uh, Men in Black, 1997, beat uh, the second Pirates of the Caribbean, oh. Dead Man's Garbage, as we've relabeled it. Because... <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> How many Dead times can we garbage. say garbage, garbage and touchstone in this podcast? Let's keep track. Let's drink every time <laughs> we say either. All right, Nathan. Um, all right, Jaws versus Men in Black. Um, this is one where I'm going to go... Oh, how many times can we say transcend, too? I'm going to go with the movie that transcends summer blockbuster because it created the summer blockbuster it is the summer blockbuster it is god oh. <laughs> of summer blockbusters <laughs> Bow down. um it has to be jaws but i i think men in black suffers because it's up against jaws i think in a, in a different if it had a different seed it would have gone far farther mm -hmm. um than this round i don't know about that well, I do. All right. <laughs> Elizabeth? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, of the many things from 
as you've noticed from my Armageddon twister, <laughs> Batman Forever yeah. vote, that time period, right around when I was 10 or 11, obviously holds a lot of nostalgia and love for me that mm -hmm. maybe doesn't deserve it. Um, but Men in Black is not one of those in that category. Like, I liked it a lot. I think it's a very funny movie, but it it's not one that I hold particularly dear. So it's pretty easy for me that, I mean, Jaws is an extraordinarily made film and, and the tension in it, but there's also humor, great performances. Yeah. Roy Schneider, who doesn't want Roy Schneider to, like, be their dad and be in charge of killing a shark. So true. <laughs> Robert Shaw is great. Richard mm -hmm. Dreyfus is great. The mechanical shark. The is mechanical great. shark Bruce. is great. Um, and yeah, it's the it's the grandfather of the summer blockbuster. Agree. It's gotta win. I totally agree with what you're saying about you know Men in Black and all these other Independence Day, Armageddon, Batman Forever. That you know that time period for us. You know when obviously we were in grade school or middle school so summer is like summer break so yeah. of course there's great memories associated with these and again like i had said for independence day you know men in black had probably a july 4th or thereabouts release mm -hmm. had will smith i remember seeing it in theaters and it was like sold out but my friend and i we sat in the aisle like just on the floor and watched <laughs> the movie oh i know i'm surprised it wasn't like against fire code and we got kicked out um but it, i i can't not root for Jaws and or vote for Jaws I guess um, even though sometimes within the past few minutes in our, our votes we've said nope this movie is not necessarily a summer blockbuster because it transcends take a drink uh, transcends that <laughs> Jaws does and does not because it sort of is defined by defining the, the summer blockbuster and it you know it has all those elements including totally. the, the success as it should, and it is the seventh one to move on to our Elite Eight. Our last matchup to make the uh, Sweet 16 uh, was Ghostbusters, 1984, beat out Terminator 2, Judgment Day, which Nathan hasn't even seen, so Nor that was... I. Oh, so, so there we go. You, as much as I love <laughs> T2, Judgment Day, and I love the Terminator franchise in general, uh, it had no shot against Ghostbusters, because my two cohorts haven't seen it. Versus Jurassic Park, 1993, uh, which beat out uh, Batman Returns, the other Tim Burton Batman from 92. Oh, wait. So this one is Jurassic Park against... Jurassic Park against Ghostbusters. No! Yeah, it's like sort of a classic matchup. Oh, man. Ghostbusters versus Jurassic Park. This is like classic versus classic. Oh. I, I don't even know. Take... Well, go first, okay. Matt. Um, I mean... I can't tell you how many times I watched Ghostbusters as a child, and like, yeah. we definitely had that soundtrack probably on vinyl and cassette tape, and then eventually CD, like, I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> it's amazing, and I love Sigourney Weaver, and it kind of scared me, but it was like horror comedy, and there was action, and Bill Murray, Rick Moranis. The chemistry between those guys, too. Yeah, so great. But Jurassic Park is dinosaurs. Friggin' dinosaurs. I have to go with Jurassic Park. I really do. That's all I can say about Jurassic Park. I just gotta go with it. Oof. Yeah, this is really tough. I saw Jurassic Park in theaters. Mm -hmm. I think I was seven. Um, yeah, I was seven. And seven-ish. 93? 
Wow, maybe six. Can so what we're learning here is that Nathan has really irresponsible parents. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it was my first <laughs> PG-13 movie. I went with my whole family. I was scared as hell. Loved it. Soaked it up. Um, and I still love it. Ghostbusters I used to watch on VHS mm. and was scared to death. By Zool. Yes. <laughs> et al. And, <laughs> uh, oh, this is hard. Um, I think I have to go with Ghostbusters. Ooh. Which really is shocking to me. Um, I th In a way, it's just, it's more distinctive in the canon of summer films. Hmm. There's nothing else quite like it, I think, that qualifies as a blockbuster. And for that reason, I have to reward it. Hmm. I would almost say that Jurassic Park is sort of has Well, of course influenced... you would, because you just want to disagree with me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Always. But I, I, I feel like Spielberg, like, not reinvented, but sort of refreshed the summer blockbuster again with Jurassic Park, and a lot of summer blockbusters since then have been influenced by by that. Exactly, um, which is why there are many that are like it. Well, yeah, but that doesn't... But none match it's it. It's still... None have matched it. Yeah, that's not, very it's, true, it's, but it's nothing not, It, it gets points just as, the, as being the first... Well, I don't know. Nothing... There's nothing like... There's nothing in the kind of multi-genre verse that in which Ghostbusters exists of like horror, comedy, whatever. On that level of success. That yeah. approaches it. All right. There's nothing else. I will also say, just as you had a Jurassic Park story, my dad definitely took me to that movie. I guess I would, if you were six or seven, I was eight or nine. Uh, my, my dad took me to a midnight showing of that. And I think it was a school night and... I don't know what he was thinking, but I was scared to death. I mean, the, this is where I get my love of movies from my dad. But I remember being like scared to death when the, I think it was Joe Mazzello, the yeah. the son or the young boy was on the electric fence. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, the the dinosaurs were scary, but electric fence, man, get off it! And I think I cried. Yeah, it's so exciting, and I think of summer and well. I guess it must not have been a school night if it was summer. <laughs> Just I, kidding. I do have to give a quick shout out to Laura Dern, a <laughs> sad puppy dog face, in her iconic um, heaving run moment that so will good. live forever. Mm -hmm. But you went with Ghostbusters. So, but Elizabeth, Ghostbusters. break this tie. Ghostbusters I'm, I'm or Jurassic Park? I'm happy to do the, the tiebreaker. I mean, first of all, I think, again... Ghostbusters is an all-time classic movie. If you have not seen it, or if you have children who haven't seen it, you should absolutely show it to your children. And the thing about Ghostbusters, it's kind of the opposite of what Nathan was saying. If this were a, a matchup of classic comedies, Ghostbusters would maybe get to the top. Like, it would be in my top four, for sure, of, like, comedies ever. That movie makes me laugh so much. But... <laughs> as overly dramatic as this sounds, I feel like Jurassic Park had a profound place in my life. Like, mm -hmm. I saw that movie and 
I was just in awe. I was in awe of what movies could do. Totally. The amazing thing about it is you can watch it now, and as opposed to most movies in the early 90s, the special effects still completely hold up. I mean, that that movie totally. feels so organic. Those dinosaurs feel real. That scene with the raptors and the kids mm -hmm. in the kitchen. I mean, that's a thing about Spielberg and talking about Jaws, too. Like, he knows how to shoot tension, and he totally. knows how to really create that. I mean... I loved that movie. Again, it continued my Jeff Goldblum fetish. Um, I <laughs> I then started reading the books, and I read tons of Michael Crichton books because I loved that movie. For a brief period, I wanted to be an art, you know, a paleontologist okay. until I realized yep. that that so. actually just meant digging in the dirt or like <laughs> writing research papers and not getting to interact interact with. <laughs> life or death situations with real life dinosaurs so then that quickly went out the window um I, I, jurassic park i even took you know recently i took one of those stupid online like if you were a 90s movie what would you be and i was jurassic park jurassic park 100 there it is that completes our elite eight let us figure out our final four so we have back to the future versus armageddon our Elite Eight into our final four. Back to the Future, 1985, which was the number 17 seed, versus Armageddon, 1998, which was a 25 seed. Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, I mostly want to say Armageddon. No. Just to <laughs> pick a terrible movie to get into the top four, but I can't in good conscience do it, especially against Marty McFly, so I'm going to go with Back to the Future. Atta girl. I will do the same. Definitely. Back to the Future. Well, this sucks. I would do Armageddon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I love destruction. <laughs> but I'm fine with Back to the Future. I think it's a, a wise choice. Well, thank you, <laughs> wise man. Armageddon knocked out into our final four, Back to the Future. Our next matchup. Independence Day, 1996, which was a number 13 seed, versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 1986, which was a number 28 seed. Uh, I will definitely, you know, I, I didn't want Who Framed Roger Rabbit to get in here. Uh, I, I voted for Spider-Man. But uh, I will definitely say Independence Day, as we've discussed. I think of July 4th, Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Destruction, Aliens, Comedy. Independence Day is a classic. Summer blockbuster. ID4. I would agree. For all those reasons, it has to be Independence Day. Yep, in agreement. Independence Day is like an actual better movie version of Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> like better characters, better constructed story, better mm -hmm. actors. ID4. Next, Twister, 1996, which was the number 18 seed, versus The Dark Knight, 2008, which was number 10 seed. Nathan. Mm. Twister versus The Dark Knight. Well, um, this is where I have to, again, reassess what this bracket is all about. <laughs> what are we trying to accomplish here? <laughs> Why so serious? I think. Oh. Um, I think we're here to honor the films that have gone before, that have 
paved the way what? with high winds. <laughs> what? I'm making a Twister reference. Yeah, um, <laughs> it just, I mean, it doesn't get any better than Helen Hunt, ever. <laughs> I don't know about that. That was a bold claim. <laughs> I mean, she really, like, screw Meryl Streep. Like, she should have, Helen Hunt should have 25 Let's, let's not get carried away. No, let's get carried away, because that's what tornadoes do. They carry you away <laughs> into a magical place, which is just what cinema should do. And for that reason, Twister is my No, vote. I mean... Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> Wait, what was your first point? I don't even need to repeat myself, oh, because okay. it is so obvious that Twister... <laughs> wins this. I don't know. I feel like Dark Knight <laughs> sort of not redefined. I don't want to we're getting really yeah, hyperbolic here, but it, it definitely Dark Knight a rest. No, I mean it, it showed that a, a summer blockbuster, a comic book movie could be really serious, could be deep, could have artistic ambition beyond, you know, entertaining or, you know, studio focus grouped what sells you know it it definitely was a director's vision and you know christopher nolan has been able to run with his own budgets and do whatever he wants because of how successful that movie was and it struck a chord and it it was still comic book and summer blockbuster i say dark knight over twister that was an f1 tornado not an f5 <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Gross. Elizabeth? Um, I say that because of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, we now have a bunch of summer movie blockbusters that have zero sense of humor and are <laughs> dour, glum things, and it works for the Dark Knight because that's the story he was telling and it was actually well constructed and motivated. But that's the precedent it's set for me, is that now people have no fucking sense of humor. <laughs> so you know what? Somewhere over the rainbow, gotta go with Dorothy, a.k.a. Yes. Twister. Yeah. Yes. Hold it against the movie for being influential. Again, that movie yeah. for me isn't like summer blockbuster. It's a really well-made, good movie. But if I want a summer movie, I want to get you blown away. <laughs> <laughs> and... If the way that the movie paves is rotten and full of glum bones, <laughs> I don't want any part of it. Wow. I like a little levity in my summer. Give me, give me dark and serious in October. No, right. October through December, you know. A better fall movie, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, next, this is super difficult. We have Jaws, nineteen seventy-five. Number three seed versus Jurassic Park. It's Spielberg versus Spielberg. Yeah. Ninety-three. Number six seed. <laughs> Sharks or dinosaurs, folks? Nathan. Ah. Uh, um. <laughs> I'm I'm conflicted, folks. Mm, obviously. Dear listeners. Uh, I have to say, I, I, uh, I have to go with Jaws, and I think 
I think this is one instance where it's classic pedigree works for it. Trumps that of... It's a very Trump tough part. choice. Yeah, clearly we've gotten very silent and serious and contemplative. Well, I'll say, I mean, Jurassic Park is one of my top movies ever. As much as Jaws paved the way, sometimes, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. just really exceeded Freddie Prince's career. <laughs> sometimes the sun... <laughs> That's the only legacy I could think Excuse of. Excuse me? <laughs> it's the only, like... <laughs> Sometimes the sun outshines the moon. Yeah. I I mean, Jurassic Park for me is one of the best made movies ever. It's the perfect summer movie. It's funny. It's intense. It's, it's my everything. Jurassic Park wins for me, and I can't see a top four where Jurassic Park isn't in it, but Twister is. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> yikes. Uh, so you've definitely, we've all gone sort of back and forth on what we're trumping, whether it's, you know, this is classic this is very much summer a blockbuster versus, oh, this is nostalgic and I love this. But I mean, even beyond nostalgia, Jurassic Park is so well made. It is. It's awesome. And so Jaws well is made. not. And with, no, Jaws is, but Jurassic Park was also, you know, Jaws, because of the animatronic shark not working, Spielberg had to really work in sort of a Hitchcockian way of not showing and making that work. So it was like, it was, you know, it was revolutionary in that way, but Jurassic Park was the first time that you were able no. to have, that you were able to have heart and story also with like technological breakthrough. Once again, uh, the more talkative people, <laughs> just because they get their points across first, means that they're listened to and heard. Um, That's life. Matt has already written down his choice. I have. But I was going to give an impassioned defense <laughs> of Jaws. Please do. Uh, well, it's in pencil. I'm not feeling erased. too impassioned. But I, all that I really want to say is that Jaws rallied human beings together to go oh my voice cracked <laughs> rallied human beings together to go to the theater in a way that I don't think had been seen quite before no but that was also due to its like release pattern and, exactly you know, it's a business time was different and but we're not talking about influential Movies on the business. Right, if we're, we're talking, talking about, about that, personal. you would have voted differently in some of these past races. We're talking about personal relationships. Okay. Well, yes, that, that's true because your votes have all been very consistent. That's <laughs> the same criteria for everything. Regardless, I have chosen Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, I mean, dinosaurs. I love Jaws. I do think Jaws is a, a better complete film. But Jurassic I Park, I mean, I'm also giving it points because of the that water roller coaster ride at Universal Studios. Jurassic Park, man. Dinosaurs. Yeah. So our final four is set. We have Back to the Future, Independence Day, Twister, and Jurassic Park. So I'm glad that we included two movies from 1996 because both Independence Day and Twister have made our finals. Wow. 1996 I guess 96 is, is where it's at. Influential year Either for our, for our age <laughs> or, or just summer blockbusters in general. 
so to make the finals, Back to the Future or Independence Day? For me, it's a no-brainer, Independence Day. Independence Day says summer blockbuster movie to me. I concur. Oh. I would say that I agree. Barely. Barely. Again, sort of like the Ghostbusters argument, Back to the Future to me works just as like a funny, great movie, but doesn't necessarily like scream summer blockbuster. Independence Day is everything you expect to see in July in the movie theater. As is Back to the Future, though. I guess, yeah. But just barely, and it's probably because of our age. Independence Day makes our finals. The other finalist, Twister or Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Fine, Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) But it just as easily could have been Jaws, which I think Jaws also would have overtaken Twister easily. Agreed. Well, I think what I'll say in support of Jurassic Park is that it... As all good summer, all the best summer blockbusters do, it kind of rips everything to shreds. It rips the world that it inhabits to shreds uh, so that something new can be built. There is destruction. Which is kind of like, yeah, presses the reset button on life, which is kind of what we do every summer as Americans. (laughs) Guys, but more importantly, do you know what this means? This means that our final two comes down to aliens versus dinosaurs. I mean, which is all we need to do is have a mashup of Independence Day and Jurassic. I mean, aliens versus dinosaurs is clearly going to be the summer blockbuster to beat all summer blockbusters as long as it's. I would like to point out. The ultimate blockbuster star, apparently, is Jeff Goldblum. Because it is Goldblum versus Goldblum, and this is my heaven. (laughs) And Goldblum in his prime. Which Goldblum wins out, though? Independence Day or Jurassic Park? What is our top summer blockbuster ever? Well, in Jurassic Park, he's got the, like... Black shirt unbuttoned to his. We can't sternum. base it all based on which Jeff Goldblum we prefer. <laughs> I thought that was, that was the question. That was not the question. <laughs> that was the question That's you the just question I heard. To me, right? Well, we can ask both, but. I mean, and again, I love Independence Day, but I feel like Jurassic Park has to win because, especially between these two now, if we're just talking those. Jurassic Park is the better made film. Like, there are no scenes in Independence Day that are as tight and as taut as that raptor scene in the kitchen or that scene in the cars with the T-Rex when the power goes out. So I need to go next. Go next. Because otherwise I'm just going to be overruled before I even get a chance to speak. (laughs) I go with Independence Day. And... It's not an easy choice, but I think the fact that Jurassic Park is technically and probably objectively a better film works against it a little bit in this competition because other films as a summer blockbuster, I like something a little loose, a little looser. I mean, Jurassic Park is certainly loose, but Independence Day is really loose. It has the destruction. It has... Kind of the, <laughs> just really like a lot of destruction. Yeah, <laughs> it has to. Dis- I mean, the White House blowing up is a necessity. That is iconic and, as well. 
that's iconic and it's uh, uh, yeah it has to have that um, that aspect to it now I lost my train of thought Nathan be, be hold on Nathan be real with me are you just feeling overly like overly patriotic as fireworks are going off behind well us? that no. <laughs> I'm not gonna say no <laughs> Well, I think what we're saying is that the perfect summer blockbuster needs to come out in the mid-90s, needs to have Jeff Goldblum, needs to have either aliens or dinosaurs, have an iconic, suspenseful, or destructive scene, like the White House blowing up, or the T-Rex scene. Or Laura Dern heaving from exhaustion and fear. That's probably what does it for me, and sways it for for Jurassic Park. Oh. Oh. I mean, it's it's dinosaurs. Like, it's Jurassic Park, man. I want to go to Jurassic Park. I don't I mean, want I aliens watch to right come now. and destroy us. I want to go to Jurassic Park. I go to Jurassic Park. It's like escapist, but almost could be real, but it's totally not. Yeah. And right now, Nathan, you're being a total Gennaro. Like, you're totally going to be eaten by a T-Rex on the toilet. <laughs> you're Good, really... <laughs> then I'll be out of the movie and I'll get to go watch Independence Day. <laughs> wow. But wait, wait, wait. Can we all just come together and agree and celebrate that Jeff Goldblum is the ultimate summer movie hero? <laughs> I can get on board with that. Thank I you. I mean, why is he not in every single summer blockbuster? <laughs> so the real winner of our bracket today is Jeff Is Gold. Jeff Goldblum. Long live the Goldblum. The Bloom. The Bloom. <laughs> and there you have it. That is our... In, inspired by the World Cup, that is our first bracket showdown uh, for the best summer blockbuster. We plan to have many more. Oh yeah, I can't wait for our, our horror blockbuster yes. bracket come come Halloween. And our Oscar film oh, bracket. Yes. There will be several of those. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Crash will go down in our flames. Helen Hunt bracket. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be every Helen Hunt performance. Versus every Jeff Goldblum performance. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would he would handily win. Handily win. Handily. Win. Not for Nathan though. No, yes, <laughs> not. Well, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your summer, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>